Welcome to another edition of the Bass Interaction Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Bassin, sports reporter and news reporter for CentralJersey.com. It's November 10th, 2022, and we're in the home stretch here in New Jersey with high school sports with the fall 2022 season coming to a close in these next few weeks. On the football side of things, the public schools have their sectional championships this weekend, while for boys and girls soccer, for both non-public and public schools, they'll have their state championship games this weekend, either being played at Franklin High School or Kane University. It's going to be at two sites this year instead of just being at one site, which has been Kane University the past few seasons. So that's what's going on with those sports. Already this week, we've had sectional champions decided in girls volleyball. Congrats to Colts Neck on winning back-to-back sectional championships. Uh, these next few days, we'll have um, field hockey um, decide their sectional champions as well. So um, a lot going on here in New Jersey with high school sports with the uh, fall 2022 season in the home stretch of things and coming to a close in these next few weeks. It's already been a great season. I've enjoyed it uh, covering all the sports. We here at centraljersey.com, we've already had some you know great seasons from champions in girls tennis with um, Marlboro and Homedale. We've had some great sectional champions in boys and girls soccer. Friel Township, both boys and girls won their sectional crowds in Group 4, Central Jersey. Homedale won a uh, Central Jersey Group 2 championship. Uh, Milltown South won in double overtime Central Jersey Group 3 championship. So uh, it's been really fun to cover all these great championship teams. CBA won their sectional title yesterday. So uh, a lot going on here at CentralJersey.com, and I'm looking forward to see how things go with football. Uh, we have five public schools competing for sectional champions chips this weekend and I will be going over those in just a minute with my newly updated Central Jersey High School football rankings. Um, we have seven teams still in it for football if you count the private schools with um, Red Bank Catholic and St. Thomas Aquinas. For boys and girls soccer we have two teams that will be playing for state championships this weekend and that is CBA and uh, Friel Township girls soccer. Friel Township of course going for redemption. This has been the redemption tour. They're trying to get, you know, they've gotten back to the Group 4 final, trying to avenge what happened to them in that heartbreaking loss last year against Westfield. And we'll try to do that Sunday at Kane. That's when they will be playing in the Group 4 final, while CBA will be playing Seton Hall Prep in the non-public A state championship game, which will be played at Franklin High School on Saturday. So that's what's going on there. So um, I'll be going over those two things in this episode for high school sports, as well as I'm going to be joined by special guests, uh, Selvin Sabio of the Edison High School football team who uh, hit the game-winning field goal against Edison this past Friday night to help uh, Edison advance to the um, sectional final in uh, Central Jersey Group 5, and they'll be facing Lenape for the sectional championship Friday night. Um, Selvin's no slouch to game-winning field goals. If some of you know, he hit the game-winning field goal last year against Manalpin to help Edison beat Manalpin in the first round of the playoffs. And he did it again this year to help the upset train keep rolling for Edison. They've upset Hillsboro. They come back against North Brunswick. They were down two touchdowns with under four minutes to go. They had two onside kicks that Sabio himself kicked in the last three minutes. And they come back. They win the game. He caps it off. Uh, Selvin with a 30-yard field goal with four seconds left. And Edison gets the victory 33-31 over North Brunswick to continue the upsets going and advance to the uh, sectional final. I believe this is the first sectional final for Edison since 1991. So over 30 years, which makes me feel young because that's before I was born. But that's a side note. But uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. History being done here for Edison, who hit a little small patch early on in the season with losses to North Brunswick and Sayreville. But they've gone back on track here after the loss of St. Thomas Aquinas in the regular season. They upset Hillsborough. They upset North Brunswick. And now they're playing for a sectional championship. So um, it was great having Selvin on to talk about the ride, him hitting game-winning field goals, having him having ice – watering his veins. I mean, you know, hit two game winning field goals in the playoffs, you know, in your career. That's, that's pretty impressive. All upset victories too. So that's very impressive. So I'm afraid having Selvin on. And then lastly, I'll, on this episode of Bassin Interaction, I'll be talking about, um, of course, my New York football giants who are six and two going into the bye week. Um, good. They're six and two. Some bad news coming out of the bye week with uh, McKinney getting hurt. Uh, Xavier McKinney, you know, with his ATV incident. And now he's out for, Right now, four weeks uh, could be more, but um, oh, it's a blow. It's a blow. Um, Wink's gonna have to, you know, figure things out there defensively. People are gonna have to step up like Julian Love. So uh, it's gonna be interesting there. But the Giants are in a good spot. They're six and two. They got two winnable games coming up with Houston and Detroit at home. Nothing's against me, especially in this NFL this year with so many upsets. There's no dominant team. I mean, even the Eagles who are undefeated are not a dominant team. The Eagles are a good team. I will. 
be the first one to say that. You always all know me. I'm a huge Giant fan. Not a fan of the Eagles, but the Eagles are a good team. Respect. They are a very good football team. One of the top three teams in the league, if you count, with the Bills and the Chiefs. They're right in there, maybe two or three. They are a very good team. But there's no dominant team this year in the NFL. Anybody can get beaten on any given Sunday. We just saw that with the Jets beating the Bills. So uh, coming off a really bad performance against the Patriots. So, um you know, anyone's game. So I'll talk about the Giants. I'll talk about, you know, their path to trying to get to 8-2 and two going to that Thanksgiving game against Dallas later on in the episode on the NFL side of things. So um, before I get into that, though, let's get into the high school sports uh, portion of the podcast with my newly updated Central Jersey Top 10 High School Football Rankings. Um, but up here we go at number one. It's Red Bank Catholic who stays number one again in my rankings. They've been number one this whole season, having a really nice season. They're eight and one on the year. They're the number one seed in non-public B. They had the bye last week, and they'll be facing Gloucester Catholic Friday night in the quarterfinals of the state tournament at Count Basie Field. Um, you know, they've had a really good year, the Casey's. They've been dominant all along. Besides the game against Seton Hall Prep, they have played very good football in every other game. Big victories against Middletown South and Rumson, who are very good teams in the Shore Conference. Donovan Catholic as well. So uh, it's been a very good season for Red Bank Catholic. Um, when you look at the players, you know, Frankie Williams having a great uh, first year under center for the KCs. He's thrown for over 1,300 yards, has 16 touchdowns. Sabino Bortel has really come on of late running the football. He's now at the uh, 12 rushing touchdowns. Almost 800 yards running. He's having a really great senior season. And then you add that with Emmanuel Ross. Uh, Gene Rahman on the outside wide receiver. I mean, they're the Casey's have talent up the board, across the board, excuse me, on offense, and they can beat, beat you in so many different ways. And then defensively, uh, David Bruton leads the way there, the junior linebacker, one of the tops in the short conference, one of the top junior linebackers out there in the city is having a really great season as well. So uh, the Casey's are rolling. They're on the path to making it back to the state championship game, and it looks like they're on course to face DePaul in a rematch of the non-public B final like last year. That's how I look at this bracket, and uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, the Red Bank does not want a different result as of last year with them getting the victory there, but they got a shot at winning a second straight championship. Really like how RBC has been playing so far, and they stay number one on my top ten. At number two, it's Middletown South, who stays number two, rising up to that position in my last rankings a couple weeks ago. Uh, Middletown South is the one of the year. Uh, coming off a nice victory over Winslow, 24-10. to 10. Um, Slow start for the Eagles, but they came back, beat the defending champs. Uh, Donovan Sumi had a really nice game, rushed for over 100 yards with a touchdown. He also threw a touchdown pass on the trick play to Logan Collin, um, which was a big play in the game for Middletown South. Colin Gallagher had a really nice game, nine tackles, a fumble recovery. Um, you know, I said this before in my last episode, I think this is the bracket for Middletown South to win. They played Manland in the finals, in the Swamp. Uh, Friday night as of right now, I, I, you know, this is theirs to win. I really do think so. I think this team is uh, built to win um, a sectional championship, you know, with Jake Swiskel playing really well at uh, quarterback and in the kicking game. He's done a great job as their field goal kicker as well. They've just been really good. They have a great defense. Their offense have been able to beat you in different ways, and they can run the football effectively. I think Coach Antonucci and the Eagles are going to be sectional champions again, this time Central Jersey Group 4 champions. So uh, they say at number two on my list, uh, change in the top five, rising up to number three is Raritan High School. That's right, the Rockets, who are 8-2 and two on the season, coming off a nice 28-7 victory over Pleasantville in the uh, South Jersey Group 2 semifinals to reach the sectional final for the second straight season. And, uh, you know, the Rockets are playing really well. A uh, big game from uh, running back Kiernan Falzone, who had three touchdowns in the victory over Pleasantville. One was a 90-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. He's been having an excellent senior season for the Rockets, who are on a roll right now. They are 5-0. and They're averaging over 30 points a game. Defensively, they've looked really good the last two weeks. Um, they're playing great. They're playing great. Uh, they got a big test in the sectional final against Rumson Fairhaven, which is going to promote a lot of big tasks, challenging tasks for the Rockets, especially in the trenches. You know, it's going to be big to see what happens with the Rockets and their defensive line, offensive line facing, I think, a very good, you know, Rumson Fairhaven front seven defensively and an offensive line in Rumson Fairhaven that showed against Oakrest that they're pretty good as well. So um, it's going to be a very interesting game, but hats off to Raritan. They're having a really great season, have a shot to win a sectional championship there. At number three at my list, on my list, at number four, it's St. Thomas Aquinas, who is. 9-1 on the season, rolling right now. They got the bye, and they'll be in the uh, 
quarterfinals with the number five seed, and they'll be traveling to face Holy Spirit in the quarterfinal Friday night. Um, you know, it's been a great season for Coach Holman and the Trojans after that tough loss to Timber Freak to begin the season. Nine straight victories. In those nine wins, they go on the road. They beat a good Cranford team. They beat Edison, which was a big victory for them as well. And then they go on the road and they beat St. John Bianchi's no slouch either. So those are some three big victories. And Edison and St. John Bianchi are their last two big victories. So um, those are good wins for them going into a Holy Spirit game. Um, I thought the Trojans would get the number four seed in the bracket, but um, you know I don't control those things. But they get the number five seed. I think they'll get the victory. I really do think they upset Holy Spirit and they make it to the semifinal where they'll face uh, Red Bank Catholic. I don't see them getting past Red Bank Catholic, but, uh, you know, for Coach Holman and his Trojans, for the year they had, losing their head coach early on this season in a heartbreaking incident, um, to come back from that, to, you know, and to have the season that they're having, it, it's really impressive. I think with uh, Jaden Young at quarterback and this running attack and the defense, the Trojans will make it to the semifinals and beat Holy Spirit. So that's my prediction there. So St. Thomas Aquinas rises up to number four on my list. And rounding out the top five of my top ten uh, is Rumson Fairhaven, who is six and four on the season and coming off a very impressive 28-6 to victory over Oak Crest in the semifinals of the uh, Central Georgia Group 2 tournament. I was at that game. Rumson looked excellent on defense. Their front seven was absolutely outstanding in that game. And then offensive line of Rumson played really well, over 200 yards rushing, you know, making big holes for Brandon Dill and Alistair Orr. Alistair Orr had a big night, career-high three touchdowns, over 100 yards rushing. He had a really nice game. And, you know, look, Rumson Ferry, I mean, since 2010, they're going to be playing in their 11th sectional championship game. That's, like, unheard of. That's, like, private school level. I mean, that is really impressive what Rumson has been able to do you know, over this last decade, and they've had different coaches, they've had different players, it doesn't matter, same old, same old Bulldogs, they get the job done on the field, and they've been playing excellent, and uh, they got a shot at winning their seventh sectional championship this year against Raritan, I mean, uh, it's going to be a very interesting matchup, uh, as you guys all know, I'm a, I'm a lineman at heart, playoff as a defensive line from Pop Warner through college, um, I really do think that it's going to be deciding the trenches. The front seven of Rumson Fairhaven is stout. And it's going to be interesting to see how Raritan's offensive line does against them. Raritan is going to need to establish the run, get foul zone going, so they can be able to mix up the play calling, get in a rhythm offensively. Because if they don't, and it becomes a low-scoring game, it favors the Bulldogs. And especially with the Bulldogs' offensive line, what they've shown is that they can run the ball effectively and they can also probably chew up time of possession, too, on some long drives if they have that, if they dominate the trenches. So um, that's where the key is going to be. Can the Raritan offense, which has been electric all season, can they do the same thing against a good rumson Fairhaven defense, especially with a stout front seven? That's going to be the key in this game, um, which will be interesting to watch. And I will be at that game. Right now it's scheduled for Friday night, so I'm really excited to see what will happen. It's going to be a great dogfight. Two short conference champ, two short conference teams going for a sectional championship should be fun to watch. So, um, but Raritan, I mean, Rumson Berryman, excuse me, finishes off my top five, ten at number five, and they are six and four on the season, heading into the sectional final. At number six, we go to Edison. Edison, which has come on, they've risen up to the top ten with some great upset victories. They upset Hillsboro in Hillsboro, ten to seven in the quarterfinals of the Central Georgia Group Five tournament. And then they go to North Brunswick. They face a North Brunswick team that, um, I'll be honest, I thought they were going to win the section. I thought this was their year. They go in, they come back, they rally, and they find a way to win this game and advance to the program's first sectional final since um, 1991. It's just amazing what Edison has done. Like I mentioned before, early on the season, you know, people weren't sure what to think of. I mean, they didn't have Yasko in the first matchup against North Brunswick, but didn't look great against Sayreville. Came on after that, but lost the game to St. Thomas Aquinas. People weren't sure what to see, but um, they've been playing excellent football. Excellent football. And with Yasko and Stansbury on offense, they can go up against anybody. And I've said that all season long. So they have a really good offense, Edison. They've shown that they can win close games at the end and make big plays and endings of the half. They've shown that in both victories over Hillsborough and North Brunswick. Um, you know, Coach Fulham and this Eagles team, they don't quit. They battle. They battle. They battle. They don't give up. You saw that against North Brunswick. And, it's going to be a tight, low, tight game against Lenape. It's going to be a tough one. Lenape, hey, they had to come back against Atlantic City to win their game. So uh, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to come down the end. And you got to like Edison's chances if it does happen like that because they have proven in these, you know, tough moments at the end of games, 
you know, clutch moments where you have to have it, they make plays and find ways to win because they play for four quarters. So um, it should be a great game, but congrats to Edison on making it to the finals. They're number six on my list, and they are eight and three on the season. At number seven, rounding out the uh, seven teams that are in the sec that are still in the football playoffs uh, for the state, you know, here in New Jersey is Hopewell Valley, who has had an amazing season in the Western Jersey Football League for the CBC schools. They are 10 0 on the season. They're looking to win their first sectional title since 2013. And, um, you know, Hopewell Valley, being that they, play mostly CBC schools in their in their schedule you know you look at it and you're like okay it doesn't look as impressive but um this team has really played really well and especially the last three weeks you know they beat Notre Dame who is no slouch 53 to 21 they beat a good Madawan team in the first round of the playoffs they beat Burlington Township last week to make it to the final I know Burlington Township didn't play Ocean's you know best team with their quarterback out but still these are three quality wins. You can also say the road victory against Heightstown who made the playoffs too is a quality victory as well. They've been on a roll really to get the 10 on the season. And uh, you got to really respect what Coach Caldwell and the Bulldogs have been able to do this season. I know it's not – their strength of schedule is not as daunting as many others. And you look at the oppressiveness, it's not like the CVT, CVC teams of old back in the late 2000s, mid-2000s, early 2000s, and late 90s where – you had teams that were pretty good, like Hamilton West and the West Windsor teams um, and Lawrence and Nottingham, those types of teams in Notre Dame. But they were stout teams there. You don't have that anymore. But still, this is impressive what Hope Ball Valley has been able to accomplish this year. They're 10-0 on the season. Uh, their quarterback, Tim McCoon, Cowan, has done a great – has had a great season. 34 total touchdowns. He's thrown for almost 1,800 yards. I mean – they're playing excellent football right now, Rumson. I mean, um, Hopewell Valley. And, uh, you know, Delcy will provide a tough task for them. They can run the football, Delcy. That game will now be played, schedule note, on a Saturday night because of the rain. So uh, keep that note. It'll be 7 o'clock on Saturday night. But um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in that game. But a uh, hats off to Hopewell Valley for what they've been able to accomplish. 10 on the season, playing in their first sectional final since 2013. They are number seven on my top 10. And then we go to my last three teams in my top 10. All of them made it to the semifinals of their sectional tournaments, but unfortunately fell short. We start with North Brunswick, who finishes the season at 8-2 and two at number 8 on my list. Tough loss to North Brunswick for North Brunswick against Edison in the uh, semifinals of the Central Jersey Group 5 tournament. You know, it, you know, they were up two touchdowns, but Edison, just the will they had to come back and win that game is, is very impressive. And it's a tough loss for Coach Chapat. And the uh, in the in the Raiders. I mean, I thought this was their year. I thought this was their year to get over the hump and win a sectional championship. But unfortunately, they came up short. Um, but you look at this season. I mean, Frankie Garbolino, I thought played really well. Um, his numbers don't stand out as much as they did last year. But you know, twelve passing touchdowns, ten rushing. He threw for over a thousand hundred yards. He made big play after big play in clutch moments throughout the season, which I thought was the biggest impressive thing he has shown especially like him and Owen O'Toole I watched the Penn Rumson game I was at that I I said that to coach Schulte like those were big plays even though he didn't have a great game Owen O'Toole him making those clutch moments and clutch in big time moments that shows you how good of a quarterback you are Daniel Jones has shown that this year for the Giants and Frankie Garbolino showed the same thing this season all year for North Bruns like I thought yeah a really nice year and then you got Samir Dowd who had a great year as an offensive weapon for um, North Brunswick with 16 total touchdowns Great season for the Raiders. Just came up short of winning that sectional championship. They do have talent coming back. Um, so they'll still be a force in the Big Central next season. So we'll see what happens there. But um, unfortunately, a tough ending to the season for North Brunswick in the semifinals of the sectional tournament. They finish off this week at number eight on my list. At number nine is Jackson Memorial. Finishes the season at seven and three. And they're number nine on my list. They lost to Millville in the semifinal of the South Jersey Group Five tournament, Group Four tournament. Um, and gave Millville a game. I mean, it was 16-15 at the half. So, uh, Coach Mistrata and the Jaguars, they gave everything they had. They had a great defensive effort to beat Manalapin in the first round of the playoffs. So, um, nice season for Jackson Memorial to get back to the playoffs after missing out the last few seasons. And they have a good group of guys coming back. They'll be a tough team to beat next year, especially with Albert D'Alessandro coming back. He's a playmaker in the defensive backfield and on the outside wide receiver um on offensively nice season for a uh, tie man the senior quarterback he has 16 total touchdowns so uh, jackson morial finishes up this week at number nine they finished the season seven and three and last but not least rounding out my 
top 10 is Marlboro, who finishes the season six and four. They had a tough loss against Tom River North, who's one of the best teams in the state in the semifinal um, this past week. But overall, just an amazing season for Marlboro, who um, got the number four seed in the South Jersey uh, Group 5 tournament, had won their first playoff game since 1999, um, and they did it without their star quarterback and with their star running back getting hurt in the game. And they still found a way to come back and be a good Washington Township team in the first round, 21-17, to to advance to the semifinal. Hats off to Coach Degato and, and the Mustangs on a great season, an historic programming building season for the Mustangs who end at 6-4. and four, And they're going to be a tough team to beat coming going forward. Uh, they have Matt Cassidy coming back at running back. They got some key defensive players coming back, um, some key offensive linemen coming back as well. They're going to be a tough team to face moving forward. So um, congrats to Marlboro on a great season. They finished off my top 10 at number 10, and they are six. They finished the season at 6-4. and four. So that's my top 10. Let me know what you guys think. Um, I'll probably do one more top 10 um, to end the season in the next few weeks, maybe two, but most likely just one more um, to have a final one as everything changes with championships and all that. So um, be on the lookout for that. But it's been a fun season. A lot of a lot of movement here in uh, in my um, in my top ten rankings. A lot of teams coming out out of nowhere, getting hot at the right time, making moves, doing things. I mean, um, it, it was really fun to watch how these how the dominant teams played, how these upcoming teams are playing. It's been a really great season so far for football, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens here with the sectional championships this weekend for um, for the public schools, and then moving forward to seeing what happens in the in the state tournament in the final semifinals and state championship games so um, those will be fun to see so um that's my top 10 um we're gonna move on to my next uh segment here on the Bastion interaction podcast and that's gonna be my interview with selvin sabio uh of the edison high school football team like i mentioned guy's got ice water in his veins uh he made the game-winning field goal against north brunswick to help edison beat north brunswick 33 to 31 to advance to the program's first sectional final since uh 1991 he hit the game winner last year against Manalpa in the playoffs. He does it again this year, just having a really nice season. He's also had a really nice season defensively, too, at middle linebacker with over 100 tackles. So without further ado, here he is, Selvin Sabio of the Edison High School football team. All right, and we are back here on the Bass Interaction Podcast, and I am joined by Selvin Sabio of the Edison High School football team, who's coming off a crazy comeback victory over North Brunswick to make it to the sectional final of the Central Jersey Group 5 tournament. Uh, Selvin, you kicked the game-winning field goal with four seconds left to cap off the crazy comeback victory for you guys. I mean, how does it feel? You know, if you have a, had a couple of days to kind of think about it, you know, how does it feel to have that moment? Man, it, it still doesn't feel real. Like, it feels like it was – it feels like a dream, honestly, especially in that atmosphere to send us in a to a sectional championship feels great. Um, it was a crazy game. You guys were down two scores, you know, in the final three minutes of the game. How did you guys, you know, keep it together to come back and win this game? You know, you guys had a couple onside kicks, all that stuff. I mean, how did you guys keep it all together to make the comeback? I mean, like, we knew that, like, there's still time on the clock, so the game's not over, so. Our coach always tells us to play 48 minutes, and we played 48 minutes. And our offense went down and scored after they scored, and then it just gave us a little bit of momentum. And then we recovered the first onside kick. And then from that, we just kept building off of that, recovered the second one, and ended up winning the game to come back. Awesome. So, um, I mean, we'll get into your game-winning field goals shortly, but uh, how do you do two onside kicks? I mean, that's pretty tough to do. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, it's just a lot of like preparation. Like we practice that a lot at practice, cause like we know like we can like we play like a tough schedule, especially in the playoffs. It's gonna come down to like sometimes it's gonna come down to things like that where we need to steal possession to to help us win the game. So it's, it just goes all that back to like practice and stuff. Oh, I gotcha. Is it harder to do an onside kick or kick a game-winning field goal? What what what's harder? Um. <laughs> I would say kicking a game-winning field goal because all that pressure on you. But, like, yeah. Now, like, game-winning field goals to me, it seems like you have ice water in your veins. It's easy for you because I saw you last year against the Grimman Alpin team hit a game-winning field goal in the playoffs or you upset them in overtime. And then you do it again against a really good North Brunswick team, a rival of yours, to make the sectional final. I mean, so it doesn't seem like those are big moments for you. It seems like, hey, whatever. Like, I got to kick a game-winning field goal. I got you, bro. Like, that's what it seems like. 
I mean, yeah, like coming into it, like, like you always gotta like as a kicker, you always gotta have like the right mentality. You always gotta believe in yourself. But it also helps like my teammates believing in me. Like I go out to kick that, they're like they had no like doubt in my mind. Like they had no doubt in their minds I was gonna miss. So like it also like it's it's good to have people like next to you that like trust in your abilities to like do what you do. So that it that helps a lot. Um, when you guys recovered a second onside kick, were you preparing for yourself to go out there to pick the game winning field goal? Do you know yeah. that was probably gonna be you? Yeah, I I I wanna I after recover the second onside kick, I went over to the sideline. I was talking to my coaches and he was like, Man, get ready. He was like, and I I talked to my uh my old teammate Jaden Peart, if you know him from last year. He is at Wagner now, but like he was at our game. He was like, Bro, like just relax. Like we was just talking, like just trying to get my mind off of it before I I went out to kick the field goal. And it worked out for you. So, um, I mean, how's it feel now? Two game-winning field goals all in the playoffs. I mean, that's a pretty incredible record right there. I mean, it feels great. Like, like it's like it's like a dream. Like, you always dream about those big moments. And, like, to, like, actually – for it to go your way, it's, like, it's ten times better. Like, it's, like, it's hard to even explain. Like, I'm, like, smiling now thinking about it. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, but you're not just a kicker. As we were talking before, you played middle linebacker for Edison. You you have over 120 tackles this year, so you've been having a really nice season. You're six for eight on field goal attempts. I mean, just talk about your senior season. How does it feel to be contributing in so many ways for the team? I mean, it feels great because, like, you just, like, I've worked so hard. Like, as a team, we've worked so hard together to, like, be winning games, to be playing for a sectional title. It just feels great. Like, and, like, it's just, like, it's just, like, crazy to me because, like, I remember just talking about this before the season. Like, man, like, if, like, we all buy in, like, we could have a really good season. Like, like we all saw it coming. Like, it wasn't, like, it wasn't anything crazy because we knew our potential as a team. And, like, we just kept working every week at it. And then now we're at where we're at today. So, um, How did you guys deal with, like, you guys had some stumbles there during the season. How do you guys come together going into playoffs? Because you beat a really good Hillsborough team. You beat a really good North Brunswick team. How do you guys kind of like get your guys settled up and say, hey, it was a regular season, it's a new season. Was that kind of like the way it was to get to where you guys wanted to go? Yeah, that's 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 what uh coach like coach was like, it's a new season. Like like it really like it really doesn't matter what happened in the regular season anymore. Like playoffs is playoffs, like it's a one game season every week. You either win and you go advance or you you lose and you're on like the next day at practice you're giving in all your equipment so like we really just made the most of every opportunity we got like every day we we like amped up the practice intensity intensity like all that like we we just really made the most of every opportunity every day we that we had to practice um and you guys are like the upset kids that's kind of what I was calling the coach. I mean, because you upset Hillsborough, who were defending champs last year. You upset um, North Brunswick, who was a favorite in this bracket. And last year, you upset a really good Manalpin team in the shore. So it seems like you guys just have upset. Like, do you love playing that underdog role, do you think the team does? Yes, it's it's so great. Like, it's very underrated. Like, it's yeah, it's all like it's, – it's, it's fun and all to, like, be, like, the favorites. But, like, it just adds more fuel to the fire when, like, people are, like, saying that, oh – I don't know about this one. Like, I don't think Edison, this and that. Like, we just, like, I I mean, I love being doubted. Like, it just makes me, like, want it. Like, it just makes me want it even more. So, it, it does play a role. Like, it just makes us play even harder. Like, it just gives us more of a reason to, like, to, like, to to just make, just, like, we just want to put ourselves on the map. So, that's what, that's what we do every week. So, yeah. So, um, you know, you're in the underdog role going into Lenape this week. Um. I mean, just talk about the preparation going into this game. Um, it's a big game. It's for a sectional championship. I think it's the first time since 1991 that Edison is playing yeah. for one. It's a, it's a big historic moment, over 30 years in the making. I mean, we're, we're just taking it in right now. We're day by day working, game planning. We know that they have a really good running back, so we're game planning for that on the defensive end. And offense is doing their things. Just every day we're just trying to get better and, like, and be as, as – as prepared as possible for this Friday because we haven't had a sectional championship in over 30 years and it will be great to finally bring home uh, a trophy for our, for our, for our team as a football team.
that would be great. Um, you mentioned the offense. What's it like watching Yasko under center and Stansberry on the outside? Because they're underrated players, but they are really good. They're top-notch players in the conference and in the state. It, it's great. Like, just having an offense that you can trust in, me doing my job, I know I'm doing my job, and I know they're going to do their job. I know they're never going to disappoint. Like, they're, like, built for the moment. It's, it's crazy just seeing what Matt and Malcolm and all my other teammates do on the offensive end. It's just entertaining watching. Like it really is. It's like it's it's just bit it's just a lot. It's it just bring, it's so much fun just watching them play. It's like crazy. Awesome. All right. Well, Selvin, um, I just have one more question for you, but thank you for coming on the podcast and and talk to me about it. Um, last point. I mean, it. You know, what will it mean? You think to this team if you guys win a championship and do it in what way you guys did with upsetting all of your opponents on the road? I mean, I feel like, I feel like it'll. Obviously, it will mean a lot. We haven't won a sectional championship in 30 years, but it just goes to prove that, like, you don't, you you don't need to like be like, like the it's it's good to be an underdog. You don't always have to be oh the best this and that. Like, you just gotta work harder and just keep and keep going. Like, like yeah, we had our ups and downs, but like it just like it just it just shows our character like as a team that like we never quit. We keep fighting. We we bounce back after some tough tough losses throughout the season like we just keep getting better and better so it just it just shows our character and it just builds the reputation like of edison like we just want to put up put like put good make a good rep for edison so yeah it would be amazing to win a, a sexual championship this friday awesome well good luck to you guys against lampy i know it'll be a tough match but hey you guys are the upset kids in my book, so you guys always have a shot, it seems like. So uh, yeah, good yeah. luck there, and uh, you know maybe you'll be hitting another game-winning field goal. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you for having me, though. Appreciate no worries. It. Have a great rest of your night, and good luck on Friday night. All right, you too. Thank you. Bye. And thank you again to Selbin Sabio for coming on the podcast to talk about hitting his game-winning field goal for Edison against North Brunswick to help the Eagles reach the Central Jersey Group 5 finals. They'll be playing Lenape Friday night for the sectional championship as of right now. Um, I know the schedule's kind of up in the air with um, the rain <laughs> coming up, but uh, as of right now, uh, besides the Hopewell Valley uh, Delcy game that I saw changed, um, Rarity, Rumson, Fairhaven, Milltown South, and Edison, their games are still on tap to be played Friday night. We'll see what happens there. We'll see if there's any changes on uh, Friday but uh, that's the schedule there. So, um, again, thank you for Selvin for coming on the podcast. Amazing. His second game-winning field goal in the playoffs. He had one last year, has one this year. I mean, kid's got ice water in his veins, and he's helping the upset kids of Edison continue to roll as they've upset Hillsborough and North Brunswick, and now they got a shot at doing the trifecta to win a sectional championship with facing Lenape. So, um, good luck to Edison and Selvin in the final against um, Lenape. So, um, we're going to now move on to uh, boys and girls soccer which have the uh, state championship games going down this weekend. Before I get into it, I want to congratulate both Real Township girls and boys soccer teams for winning their sectional championships for the second straight season. That's a big, big accomplishment for both um, programs and for the school of Free Old Township. I want to congratulate Homedale on getting back to the mountain and winning a sectional championship in Central Jersey Group 2. CBA on winning their South Jersey non-public A sectional championship. Um, and Middletown South winning their Central Jersey Group 3 championship, uh, their third championship since 2017 under Coach Barry. So um, congratulations to all those teams on winning sectional championships at, in soccer this season. So um, like I mentioned earlier, we have two teams that will be playing for state championships here in centraljersey.com this weekend. We have CBA. They're going to be playing Seton Hall Prep in the non-public A final on Saturday at Franklin High School. And then you got... Friel Township girls playing Ridgewood in the uh, group four final, which will be played on Sunday afternoon at um, Kane University. So um, it'll be very interesting to see both teams trying to get redemption, trying to get back on top. You know, CBA, they've been in the final over the last eight years that they've had the non-public eight final. CBA has been in the championship. They've won two of those games in 2016, 2018. And uh, Coach Mulligan and his uh, culture are going to try to do it again this season against uh, win a third um, here when they face uh, Senior Hall Prep 
at Franklin High School on Saturday morning. While for Freehold Township, we all know the story. Uh, last year's heartbreaking loss to Westfield in the final 10 seconds of the game. They made it known that this was their redemption tour, even without Cassidy Corsione, their top scorer from last year, who was out this season with an injury. They come back. They've been dominant all season long. They're 20-1 on season. They haven't lost in New Jersey this year. They are coming off a big 3-0 victory over Eastern in the state semifinals. They came back to beat Manalp into the one in the sectional final to win their second straight sectional championship. Um, and they're going to try to you know keep that redemption tour going and win their fourth championship. <coughs> yeah, fourth championship, technically. They're already uh, A-North champions. They're short conference tournament champions, their sectional championships, and they're going to try to make it a fourth with winning the state championship and get redemption on a Sunday afternoon against Ridgefield. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see what goes on. Uh, <coughs> um, <coughs> um, it's funny with Friel Township because I wouldn't say it's funny, it's ironic. I have seen this story before of teams getting redemption and making it back to a state championship game after losing it and find and finding ways to win it. Um, when I was covering, when I was up in Vermont, my time working for the Bennington Banner, I covered Burton Burton Academy and their baseball team in 2016 had a great run to the state championship game and they lost to St. Johnsbury Academy, I believe. They lost and um, it was a heartbreaking loss because you're on a roll that, you know, and they, and they come up short. And before the next season, 2017, you know, I was talking to their coach. His name was Coach Lewicki. And he said, you know, this is redemption for us. We want to get revenge. We want to get back there. And they did. They made it back there. And they made a statement in the uh, state championship game. They scored the most runs in in um, in the championship game's history of Vermont in high school sports to win the state championship. So, um, I mean, I've seen this story before where you get knocked down a peg, you make it to the top, you fight back, and you win it. And I think Friel Township can do it. I really do. Um, they're not facing Westfield, <laughs> who lost to Wachong Hills in their sectional final. But uh, I really do think Friel Township can overcome the demons, you know, and finish this season in this redemption tour the right way by winning um, a state championship on Sunday afternoon. Um, Haley Santiago, who has just been stellar all season long, she has 23 goals on the season. She had the game winner against. Um, you know, Manalpin in overtime in the sectional final. Uh, she's been just rolling. She's scored, in, you know, she's just been dominant. She's been scoring in every game that Friel Township has had for the last month. She's been finding ways to find the back of the net. She's been playing excellent, um, excellent soccer. She's really done a good job stepping in for Cassie Corsione, who's out. And, you know, the thing, the two of them on the same field next year with Gabby Parker, they're going to be dominant. But, um, Across the board, I mean, Ainsley Moy's having a fantastic season. Gabby Parker, like I mentioned, is having a bad, uh, a, an awesome season as well. Kayla Wong having a really nice season in the midfield. And then on the back line, you got Gabby Kuluch at center back leading the way there. So, um, you know, this team is veteran enough. They've had girls step up like Danielle um, Howard. She stepped up in big ways as well throughout the season. Uh, Shay Jackson has seen time and played well. Uh, Courtney Speck. I mean, we can go down the list. Girls have stepped up and played well this season all across the board for um, Coach Patterson and the Patriots. And I just think this team, they're very close. They're very determined. You look at that game against Manalpin, you're down one nothing in the final 10 minutes. Nothing's falling for you. Manalpin's goalkeeper's having playing out with a head on her swivel. She had a great, great game. I thought, and they found a way to win. I mean, just hats off to um, Friel Township for coming back. They didn't panic. They came back. They got the win. That's a that's a show of a leader, and I really do think of a true winner, and I think that's who they are, and I think they get the job done. I really do. I really think they get it done. They beat Ridgewood. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be just like last year, an instant classic. I think Friel Township comes out on tops and gets the victory. As for Christian Brothers Academy – um, you know, like I mentioned, they're trying for their third championship under Mulligan since, um, you know, since he took over the last seven years. They won in 2016, 2018. Um, so they're trying to win their third since 2016. Uh, and they're facing a really good Seahawks prep team, who's 19-2 on the year. This is probably going to be one of the toughest tasks for Christian Brothers Academy. Um, you know, Will Thigerson is back. Got the game-winning goal against St. Peter's prep to help 
CBA win the sectional championship on uh, Wednesday afternoon. So it's good having him back from injury, but uh, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game for CBA. I do like um, seeing Hall in this game, but I think, you know, one thing about Christian Brothers Academy is that, you know, you've had, you've seen different players step up in different ways throughout the season. And I think, you know, when you look at what this team has been able to accomplish this year, playing in a really tough, um, short conference, they've been, they've found ways to win. And I mean, look, they're on an 18 game winning streak. Besides that loss to Marlboro, they have been playing excellent. They've beaten good teams like um, Friel Township, like um, Colts Neck, Howell, Pingree. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's going to be a great game as well. Um, be interesting to see how they play out in Franklin, but um, it's going to be a good game. I, I think Scene Hall does get the victory, but um, it's going to be like a two-one game. But um, it'll be very interesting to see. So, uh, you know, Christian Brothers <coughs> Academy making it again, you know, state final and, and Christian Brothers Academy over the last decade. I mean, it's it's just been synonymous. They always are making it. So, uh, you know, congrats to Coach Mulligan and the Colts on winning their sectional title, and good luck to them in the uh, state championship game. Um, hopefully they come out on top. I'm not sure if they will. You know, I, I have seen Hall prep winning it, but uh, I think it'll be a really good game, and they will have a shot the Colts at winning this game. So um, that's my take on those two championship games going down this weekend. Remember, CBA will be playing at Franklin High School Saturday morning, okay? And Friel Township will be playing in their Group 4 final Sunday afternoon, and that's at Kane University. Remember, these games are being played at two um, – the games are being played at two locations this year, all the state championship games for um, New Jersey for high school sports. They're being played at Franklin High School or Kane University. You know, and they're not just being played at Kane University. So um, make sure to make a note of that. So um, that's my take on those championship games. Uh, we'll see if, you know, we have a couple champions. We'll see if redemption is made from either team. Should be fun to watch. And there's your preview on the sectional football championship games that will be played for the public schools this weekend, as well as the non-public A boys soccer championship game between CBA and Seton Hall Prep and the Group 4 girls soccer championship game between Frail Township and Ridgewood. Uh, that will be played on Sunday. CBA will be playing on Saturday. And as of right now, Rumson, Fairhaven, and Raritan, Middletown South and Edison are all having their sectional championship games on Friday night. That's now the schedule. So that means for myself to cover games, I'm just to let you guys know, if you guys want to follow me at SBAS underscore sports, again, it's at SBAS underscore sports on Twitter for uh, live updates on these games. My plan is Friday night to cover Rumson Fairhaven versus Raritan in the South Jersey Group 2 final. Saturday covers CBA versus Seen All Prep in non-public A boys soccer final. And then Sunday, go up to Kane University and cover Friel Township in the Group 4 championship game against Ridgewood. That's my plan as now. Subject to change based on the weather, cancellations, and all that. But if you want to get any updates on that, please follow me at Sebastian underscore sports. I'll let I'll have I'll retweet and let people and um you know let people know about any updates I can find on what's gonna go down. The only thing as of right now, as of uh Thursday morning, November 10th, I know of, is that Hopewell Valley versus Delcy has been moved now to uh, Saturday night at 7 p.m. They were supposed to play Friday night. So uh, that's as what I know now. We'll see what happens in the next few days. But that's my schedule moving forward. Rumson Ferryman versus Raritan uh, Friday night in the uh, football sectional final of South Jersey Group 2. The boys soccer non-public A final between CBA and um, Senior Prep on Saturday morning. And then Sunday afternoon to cap off the weekend, Friel Township versus Ridgewood in the Group 4 championship game for girls soccer. So that's my schedule there. So we come to the final segment of this edition of Bass Interaction, and that is, of course, my New York football giants who are 6-2. and two, Excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. 6-2 and two going into the second half of the season and coming off the bye week. And they're in a good spot. They're in a good spot. Uh, um, with two winnable games coming up at home against Houston and Detroit in their role to try to be 8-2 and two going into Dallas for Thanksgiving Day. And uh, these are two big games because I think if you win these two games and you're 8-2 and two going into Dallas, you're in the – I think they are – you put yourself in a great spot where you need one or two more wins to get into the playoffs because I really do think that's what you need. You need about nine or ten wins in this NFC 
to make the playoffs this year with how wide open it is and how these teams are doing. I think that's where you need to go. So these are two important games for the Giants. They're not gimmies. As I mentioned before, this NFL this season has been wide open, many upsets. There's no dominant team, but um, for the Giants, it will be important to get these two victories against Houston and Dallas to be eight. In, I mean, Houston, excuse me, in Detroit to go in the Dallas at eight and two on the season and give yourself a good chance at making the playoffs. Now the Xavier McKinney news does is upsetting in a way with the Giants, but it's been a great season so far for the G-Men. Daniel Jones has been playing excellent. The defense under Wink Martindale has been playing great. Saquon looks like Saquon. I mean, it's been great so far. And as a Giant fan, you're seeing the growth under Dayball, and you're just so happy. You're just so happy. You know, the future looks bright and everything else. And that's why I don't get mad at Joe Shane for not making a move to the deadline to get a wide receiver. So I understand he didn't want to mortgage his future. I don't get mad at him on that. What I have liked of wideout or some sort of weapon? Yes, I would have. Uh, I'm not betting on them signing Odell by any means, but I would have liked the weapon. I understand why they didn't go after Brandon Cooks. A, he's injury prone, and two, his guaranteed contract, I think it's $18 million the next year, would have been tough to bring on. But um, I don't get mad on that. I would have liked the weapon because I think the Giants need that, especially with trading Kadarius Toney to um, – Kansas City, but I understand that was more of a culture move, and I think the right move. I don't think Kadarius Tony really was the best person, but um, that's all what I've seen from the outside. But, uh, you know, I think if the Giants got a weapon to add, especially with, I think, Galladay's going to bring up a lot coming back from injury, I think he's going to be motivated to make a difference, especially since this is a winning football team that he's on. And with Wondell Robinson playing well and Darius Slayton, I think the Giants, if they got another guy, they could really make some – uh, some noise and maybe make a little run in the playoffs. Um, but, um, you know, Joe Shane decided not to, and the Giants will go with what they have going forward, which is, hey, we're going to run the football, play action a lot, two or three tight ends, and Daniel's going to run the football. We're going to air it out when we have to sort of game. It's going to be close down to the wire games going forward. So, uh, Giant fans, get your hearts ready for a lot of those types of games going forward as we've already seen this season. So, um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I do like where the Giants are at. They're 6-2, and two, and they got a shot to be 8-2 and two going to that week in Dallas and Thanksgiving where they, you know, that would be, that'd be, right now, that would be the best place to be 8-2 and two where you're at. If you're 7-3, and three, still good, um, but you need to win at least one of these games. And hopefully, but I really do think you need to win both of these games. And they're going to be tough. I mean, Houston... And Detroit, I mean, Detroit's no slouch. Their offense can play. Defensively, they're not very good, but their offense, especially if Swift is healthy, they can score some points. And I, and I think Jared Goff's better than what people think. The Texans, they gave, you know, the Eagles something to handle, you know, last week, but that was not a short week. Um, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how the Giants are coming off the bye week. Hopefully they're not, you know, coming off sluggish. They come out ready to go and get a victory, and they're fired up to win. So, um it's been a fun year so far. Um, I've been really, as a Giant fan, you see with my videos, I've been, it's been fun. You know, I thought this team, I predicted this team to win seven games before the season began. I really thought this team would win seven games. I thought they had more talent than what people thought. I thought there's a better coaching staff, and I was a believer in Daniel Jones. And they've exceeded my expectations because I think they're going to win 10 or 11 games. I really do. This team thinks they have it. I think Daniel Jones has proven that he is the guy. I think. Saquon has proven that the Giants need him. Um, Joshi needs to lock up both players. He needs to lock up both players and build with them because I don't think – I think if you move on from either of them, I think you're going backwards. I think these two guys are clear cogs that you want to build around your offense moving forward. I think Daniel Jones is a guy. He's proven that this season. Um, I think Saquon for the next three years will be a great back to have. So – and I just think you continue to build around them with the offense. You already got Wandell. You have a good tight end in Bellinger who's coming back in the next couple of weeks from his eye injury. He's had a real good rookie year. And, you know, you keep building around them with the wide receivers. And already, you know, you look at your offensive line, Andrew Thomas, stellar all-pro left tackle. You have him. Lock him down, too. Lock Andrew down. Dave Gilman, guy, just letting you know, he picked him, and he's proving the best out of that class of tackles that came out in 2020. But you got Andrew Thomas, who's been playing excellent. Um, you know, Evan Neal has, was playing well before he got injured. He's supposed to come back soon. Hopefully he's playing well. Uh, we'll see how things move on going forward with the rest of the interior of the offensive line. Lemieux looks like he's coming back. He started his 21-day um, stretch to get in. Gates has come back. I think he can give something. Congrats to him. That was a ripping injury last year. A lot of guts and a lot of respect to him for coming back and getting some playing time. 
Bredesen should be back soon. I mean, this offensive line is going to be better. That's one thing I'll give about Joe Shane is with the resources he had, he did build an offensive line where he's keeping Daniel up straight mostly <clears throat> and allowing Daniel Jones to go through his progressions and make big plays and run when he has to. So um, I will give Joe Shane that. But I think the Giants right now, when you look at what they got, I mean, they're getting healthy. You know, you expect Zimenez and Ojolari to be back soon. And then you got um, Bellinger in the next couple of weeks and Neil these next couple of weeks. And then Galladay, of course, adding to it this week. So, um, you know, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic um, of what the Giants can do. I really do think they can make the playoffs, get 10 to 11 wins. Win a playoff game. Do I think they're a Super Bowl team? No, but hey, they, I think if you can go into the playoffs, win a playoff game, I think that is, I mean, that's over. That's over any expectation any Giant fan would have, and it's a good belief going forward. One thing for sure, though, is the Giants have the right coaching staff, and they have the right guy leading the job, and uh, Brian Dayball, who's been an excellent head coach. Um, it's funny, a couple of years ago, I thought he would definitely be a head coaching candidate because I saw what he did in um, Alabama with um, with Tua and uh, Hurts, and then when he came over to um, Buffalo when he's done with Josh Allen. I definitely thought Dable could be a really good head coach, and he's proven that. And, and you look what he's done as a head coach. He's also building up his offensive staff with Kafka. Like, he's building them up too, and that's, like, a really good coach. I think he's done a great job of being an overseer and not trying to control the situation, I think. You know, and, and I will give Joe Judge this. He, didn't, he did the same thing. Now, he didn't have the coaches that – he didn't have the coaching style and the pedigree and the abilities as Dayball does. But um, he was doing the right thing with being an overseer. I think it's tough to be a head coach and also being a play caller. And I think LaFleur is seeing that this year with the Packers and how he's been going. I mean, that team has been a dumpster fire this year. Um, it's tough. And you're seeing with McVay, too. It's tough. I mean, you can do it, but it, but it's tough. It's tough to do. Um, you want to have some control. You want to make some decisions. But you really want to be an overseer so you understand what's going on. And I think that's how, you know, Bill has you know, Bill Belichick has been successful. Harbaugh has been successful in that way with the Ravens. So, um, you know, Ryan Dable just doing an excellent job. Great choice to be the head coach of the Giants. The future is bright in big blue. So um, that's my take on them. So um, that's all for this edition of Bassin Interaction. I hope you all enjoy listening to this episode on your ride home from work, during your lunch break today, Friday morning, whatever. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let me know if you have any questions or comments. Let me know if you have any thoughts on my top 10 this week for my Central Jersey High School football rankings. I'm always up for um, thoughts and, uh, you know, tips on that. And um, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens this weekend and look forward to speaking to you all soon. So without further ado, this has been another edition of Bassin Interaction.